The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus again, in reply, spoke to the chief priests and the elders of the people in parables, saying, the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. He dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feast, but they refused to come. A second time, he sent other servants saying, tell those invited, behold, I have prepared my banquet. My calves and fattened cattle are killed and everything is ready. Come to the feast. Some ignored the invitation and went away. One to his farm, another to his business. The rest laid hold of his servants, mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged and sent his troops, destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, the feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy to come. Go out therefore into the main roads and invite to the feast whomever you find. The servants went out into the streets and gathered all they found, bad and good alike. And the hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he saw a man there not dressed in a wedding garment. The king said to him, my friend, how is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? But he was reduced to silence. Then the king said to his attendants, bind his hands and feet and cast him into the darkness outside where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Many are invited, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know if you found yourself ever watching like a, a sporting event of some kind, you see a sporting event, and whether it's, whether it's baseball, whether it's football or soccer, some sporting event, and you get one of those athletes that comes out, it's common in baseball, comes out to the, to the plate, get ready to go, takes their bat, does a little cross down in the dirt and turns around and, and, and gets ready to bat, gets up and bang, they hit it clear out of the stadium, right? And as they cross home bait, they go, right? They do their sign of the cross and put it up to the sky, right? Thank you, Lord. But when was the last time you saw someone strike out at home plate, go back to the dugout and do the sign of the cross and say, Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to play baseball, right? So sometimes there's certain things we can do where we can kind of say, okay, yeah, 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 I know what it is like to be a Christian, to follow Jesus. Yeah, we do sign of crosses. We do this stuff, and it's great, and in prosperity, God is great and everything, and then all of a sudden, tough times come, and that kind of goes away. Kind of lose sight of that. St. Paul, in the, in the writing, which is very common, that you'll see on athlete's shoes, you'll see it all over the place, 
on the wristbands, on all this stuff, right? I can do all things through him who strengthens me. He goes on in the next verse and he says, and I'd like to thank you, Philippians. I'd like to thank you for sharing in my time of distress. If you read before, he's talking about difficult times. He's talking about struggles, joys, and happiness. Right, and so St. Paul is speaking to the people and encouraging the people, the Philippians and the people of his time to speak to them about conforming to Christ. He says in another writing, put on Christ. Put on Christ, put on the armor of Christ. What does it mean to put on Christ? What does it mean to draw strength from Jesus Christ and strength for what? Now our beloved Lord, through his living words, speaking to each one of us, our hearts, in the today of our life. And my, my invitation to you, and maybe you already do that, this, if you don't do it, I invite you to do it, even those watching you, watching online, it's something you can do. Imagine what it might be like for you this week if this evening or tomorrow morning you were to pick up the gospel for next Sunday and you were to read the gospel for next Sunday every day. And you were to let the living word of God speak to your heart. How much more possibly power-packed will the message come next Sunday when Jesus wants to speak to our heart? He wants to tell us something in the today of our life. The past three weeks we had parables. Jesus obviously was speaking to, as it is the case in the gospel of the day, to the chief priests and to the elders, to those who are called to shepherd and lead the people. Jesus is speaking to them in parables. And it's okay, I know we're in a Catholic church, but somebody who's been here the past two weeks, what are parables like? Who can tell me? Come on, someone said it, I heard somebody. They're like what? All right, we're gonna put it up on the screen, okay? I know you're afraid it's Catholic Church, let's not speak out. Parables are like mirrors. In the Catechism of the Catholic Church 546, it speaks of parables are like mirrors. We read a parable, Jesus is speaking to the people in that moment of time, obviously the chief priests and the elders who are called to lead the people to what? to accept his good news where Jesus was gonna be the answer for their times and for all times after them. And yet we know the end of the story. We know they rejected him. We know their pride. We know their, 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 their pride, their envy, their sensuality, their comfort. Everything moved them to reject him and that is called sin. Yet the same father of lies is in there still mixing it up and it's never us against them, but it always is us against the evil one who's trying to lead people away from Jesus Christ. So Jesus speaks in parables because he's trying to reach the heart in freedom. He's not trying to impose the truth, he who is the truth. He's trying to propose the truth, so he does it in parables. And so, in the past two weeks, we had the parable where we spoke about the one word of today. God wants the today of our life. He wants the yes of today and for us to put that yes into action. 
So two weeks ago, we spoke about today. If you don't know what that was about, you weren't here, we'll go back and read the gospel from two weeks ago. The parable speaks about give Jesus your yes in the today of your life and then live out that yes. The second week, we spoke about last week, the parable that came to us to reflect on was about fruit, vineyards, to go and bear fruit, and that he was gonna give the vineyard to someone else, and that someone else that he was promising them at that time is you, me, is his church. Jesus Christ gave that vineyard of the world to his church, and his church is the one that's supposed to go out and bear fruit, the fruit that will remain, right? And that fruit is the fruits of the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ himself who bore those first fruits of the Holy Spirit from the cross. And anybody who follows him is called to pick up their cross daily and follow Jesus. So we spoke about fruits. This week I'd like to cling to one word. And it's a word at the tail end of the gospel. Where Jesus, after telling that story of the king, and he's speaking about the king and he's speaking about himself. He is the king. And the banquet, we're participating in that banquet right now, mysteriously on this earth, but connected to the banquet in heaven, the banquet of eternal life, in which the bread of life comes from heaven to earth at the words of the priests who aren't worthy to utter it, but Jesus works through me and my humanity in his person, in the person of Jesus Christ, and that banquet which goes beyond our sight and our hearing and our understanding, happens here. Here. And each one of you reflecting through the mirror of Jesus speaking to you, chose to get up this morning, chose last night to come here to the banquet of the Lord, even if you don't fully see or understand, you're here. And so the one word that I wanna invite all of us to reflect on is the word chosen. Jesus said, many are invited, few are chosen. But even if you're chosen to be on a sport team, even the kids know this, you're invited to come play, you're chosen to get into the game, you still have to do your part. You gotta step into the game. What person's gonna be like, man, I was just drafted into whatever sport team, and we glorify our sport teams, right? We got like our holy cards of our players, you know? Here's my holy card, this is my holy card, it's my, my favorite athlete. Those athletes go to mass too, or go to church too, a vast majority of them. They're not gonna put them on ESPN kneeling down in the end zone. They're not gonna put them praying before the masses and doing their stuff, and I know many of them who do that, but they're not gonna do that, because they're gonna promote what they wanna promote to get you to think what they want you to think. But we all need Jesus. Well, what person drafted is gonna sit there and say, mom, dad, everybody, I was chosen, that's great, and they're just gonna sit on their couch and eat their Cheetos and watch the TV and imagine what it would be like to play that sport. No, they're gonna work. They're gonna get them there, roll up their sleeves, they're gonna work, they're gonna be part of it. So we've been invited and we've been chosen. And we were chosen through the apostles who Jesus chose. 11 of them decided to go 10 of them died as martyrs. One of them lived without being a martyr, but was boiled alive. That was St. John. And Judas betrayed. Judas betrayed. But there were 12 that were chosen. Because in the Last Supper, John 15, verse 16, it says the following about being chosen. It was not you who chose me, 
but I who chose you and appointed you to what? Sit on our couch and eat Cheetos? No. Appointed you to go. Go and bear fruit that will remain. Get out there to the vineyard. Invite people into the banquet. Get them coming. I want them to know me. Invite them. And then in Luke's, it goes on, it talks about those who've been entrusted much, those leaders, people who are called to lead, the importance of leading your family. Pray for us priests called to lead parishes. We can't do it on our own, we need y'all, we need God's grace. We're broken, wounded. But in Luke it says, to whom much has been given, we'll have to look at it, but much will be required of the person entrusted with much and still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more. St. Paul knew this. St. Paul knew this and he knew that he could do all things through him who strengthened him. But he knew he couldn't do it all, but he knew he was entrusted to something great. And it remains the same. How will people know that we're followers of Jesus Christ? By the fruit that we produce. If we're truly chosen by the lives that we live. We spoke about it last week where, where Jesus said in John chapter 12, Verse 24, only if a seed falls to the ground and dies, will it bear fruit. But if it dies, it'll bear much fruit. But if it just falls, doesn't go to the ground, it won't, it, you know, if it doesn't die, it doesn't bear fruit. By their fruits, you will know them. By the fruits, they will know us. They will know that we're followers of Jesus Christ. All right, here's the invitation. I'm kind of coming in for landing now. And it's probably gonna be a little uncomfortable invitation. But there's no such thing of a Christianity outside of an uncomfortable Christianity. It doesn't mean we need to be unhappy or mad. No, we're called to comb our hair, brush our teeth, look happy, and live the joy of the gospel. But we preach Christ crucified. And we imitate Christ crucified. And we take up our cross. And we realize that we can, in some way, shape, or form, like St. Paul said, but I thank you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but I thank you I thank you for sharing in my distress. We have an opportunity this week as Christians. I read a note that the bishops in the United States of America, united with the patriarch in the Holy Land, are inviting Christians, Catholics all over the world to unite in the distress of our world. This Tuesday, a day of fast and prayer We're used to an Ash Wednesday. We can come on Ash Wednesday and it's amazing how the church packs and people come and everybody gets their ashes and we get to wear them around to show everybody, oh look, we're fasting. Guess what, no ashes this week. But Tuesday, put on sackcloth and ashes and fast from the inside, from the heart out. Unite your heart to somebody in the Holy Land that is suffering. You see, the only one who's winning on this side, the only one who's getting full satisfaction of all that's going on is the father of lies, the devil. It's the devil who's getting in there and mixing up hearts. He's the one who we can combat against that Jesus combat against once and for all on the cross. To fast. That means one full meal and two meals in the day that do not equal a full meal. Maybe even a little more, maybe fast a little more, whatever, feel it. 
feel it. Maybe think of those who have been taken hostage who are feeling it right now. And some of them, the age of your youngest children. I'm sorry, but that's diabolical. That's diabolical what is going on. It's also diabolical in a way if you're gonna put someone in front of you and say, I'm not gonna dress in the way I need to dress to show that I'm a combatant, but here you go. To get at me, you gotta get through them. It's diabolical. But the one who's behind all that is the evil one. How do Christians react when we see that in our world? St. Paul and them saw it in their world. They walked through the streets of Rome and saw people crucified, their friends crucified on crosses. We get that stuff coming live streamed through media. How do Christians react to that? As St. Paul said, we conquer evil with good. We choose to follow Jesus Christ. We choose to imitate Jesus Christ. We take a strike on our right cheek, we offer them our left. If they ask us for our, our tunic, we give them our cloak as well. If they ask us to go one mile, we go two. I think the challenge with our times, my brothers and sisters in Christ, is there's just not enough Christians living like Christians. How comfortable are we in this country of ours? How comfortable are we in living our Christianity? It's a question, it's a mirror. This Tuesday, it's an invitation. 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. We're gonna expose Jesus on the altar. We come here to math. Jesus Christ in the consecrated host is Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity the bread of life that comes down to heaven to feed us on our journey, the prince of priests, sacramentally present in the tabernacles all over the world, the one who's the same yesterday, today, and the forever, and the one who is the answer to our times. Can I come pray for an hour for somebody else other than myself and what I want? Can I come pray for an hour and suffer for an hour or suffer for a day without eating not for myself to lose a little weight, to be physically fit or whatever it is, but to do it for somebody else who is suffering and hurting. Can I do it? Nine o'clock to 10, Tuesday. Six to seven, same thing Tuesday. It's just gonna, we're gonna pray a rosary. We're gonna turn to our mother Mary, the queen mother of Jesus, who sits at the right hand of our Lord, the queen of peace, and ask her through her prayers to send the Holy Spirit to hearts across oceans that we can't touch, but they can. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. That's what it means to be a Christian. That's what it truly means, my brothers and sisters of Christ, not only to be invited to this banquet, but also to be chosen, to be chosen to go out into our world, to be first and foremost men and women of prayer who put our prayer into action. It's my invitation that's just very simple. Hope you can make it. And my prayer is this, that our parking lot will be so full that our church will be so full that it busts on out there that everybody across the street starts saying, what is going on over there? 
My hope is that those sport teams and those activities, the, the dance, the art, the whatever it is going on in the afternoon that maybe parents and maybe kids go to their coaches and say, hey coach, guess what? We need to pray for world peace, so I'm not gonna be at the game. I'm not gonna be at the practice. I'm really gonna put my Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen, in Philippians 4.13 into my prayer, and I'm gonna go, and hey, coach, by the way, I heard you were Catholic. Do you wanna come with me? Come pray with me, coach. Let's bring the whole team. Wow, what a witness that would be. Also, what a sacrifice that would be. Can I put something aside this week to put my faith in action? To truly say, Lord, thank you for the gift of being chosen, and I choose, I choose to follow you the way you want me to follow you. I choose to conform my life to Jesus Christ and imitate Jesus Christ, even if it costs me too, Lord. I can do all things through him who strengthens me.